more money, more money, more money. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Ooh. What's happening, everybody? Happy weekend. Depends on when you're listening to this. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zones, the People's Propcast. That's right. We're talking props back again week two. And want to welcome those in Tennessee who are now legally able to bet on apps like DraftKings. Really uh, one of the best things that come out of the last week, uh, at least as far as I can tell. So we're going to jump into this, try to keep it around 20 minutes, going to give you a quick 20 of some player props that I love for week nine. Before I get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at mybookie.ag. This is our official betting partner here at the Dynasty Warzone. And if you just go up there and check out mybookie.ag, you will be able to check out all the stuff that they've got going on, including the dollar for dollar match when you use promo code Memphis. Now, here's the thing. Everybody loves a hack. Everybody loves a hack. Quick hack. So if you're listening to this via podcast, and you have to because this one does not go out on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, hit pause, go into the show notes. You'll see a mybookie.ag web partners link. Click that link in the show notes. It'll take you right to the sign up page. Promo code DWZ Memphis already pre-populated in that page and boom, you get signed up and you'll be good to go. If you have any issues with that, any issues with my bookie, most people do not every once in a while, someone does. Hey, you're, you're not in the minority. If you need help, just DM my buddy, Dr. Kyle at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. You'll find him. He got his set up in New York City. He could help you get your set up very easily if you need help. Uh, again, that's a dollar for dollar match up to a grand from our friends over at my bookie. Uh, I'm going to jump into the props, but first I'll do a little recap of last week. Overall, I, I mentioned eight different props that I liked last week here. I only bet three of them. Unfortunately, I went one and two on those. The Kenny Galladay one, it just sucks. Uh, I think that's part of going against my Colts, I guess. But the process for me was I looked at his ascending profile. The Colts, you're very hard to run against with Darius Leonard. And he got goose-egged in the first half and then came up lame with a hip injury. So as a guy who has a lot of Kenny Galladay in Dynasty, hope he's all right. But that one's definitely bummed. The Gus Edwards one, whether you got it over uh, seven and a half like I did early, or you got it at 11 and a half late. That one hit the pay window as well. There were a few others mixed in there. All in all, what in the week I was looking for. This week, I'm back at it again with some more props. And one thing I will remind you, there is a, there is a bit of an injury tax with betting overs. It was never more evident than last week with the Kenny Galladay pick. He comes up lame. I have no shot. So anytime that you bet and over, remember the injury factor is working against you. 
Uh, here's one that I like, and for some reason I only seem to like overs, but there usually is so much juice, some so much vig, if you will, on the unders that it makes it hard to to find good ones. Here's some that I found that I really like, and I have already bet the first three I am going to lay out to you. Antonio Gibson, over 17.5 receiving yards on DraftKings. Full disclaimer, mybookie.ag is our official odds provider here at the Fabulous Big Bet and the People's PropCast. But they did not have props up yet when I went to record this show. I've got to get it out so you can consume it. You can always circle back and see what the mybookie number is later on Saturday. So why do I like Antonio Gibson? Over 17 and a half receiving yards. I will tell you. His target profile has, has gotten, gotten better. It's went from two to two to three, five to five to five. And then he did dip back down to one. That was in the, the most recent game against Dallas, which I don't want to say they won pretty handily, but it did not seem as if that was an issue for the team. So they weren't heavily using the running backs in the receiving game. Prop is 17 and a half yards and he has been over 24 receiving yards in three of his last four games, including five receptions for 25 yards against the very same New York Giants they'll be facing this week. So when I look at his stats, I always like to go over and look at the team that the guys I recommend are playing. So let's check it out. He is playing the New York football Giants. First of all, coming off of a short week of rest. They just played on Monday night. They are playing the Redskins, uh, the football team. They are playing the football team that is coming off of a bye. So I have a rested team. Before I get into the Giants stats, I will say I also look for this leadership group of Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, and the football team's front brass to really see what they've got in Antonio Gibson. It's clear that he's going to be at least part of their future, and I think They'll really want to see what they have. On the Giants' defensive side of the ball, here are the running backs that have exceeded 17.5 receiving yards this season. David Montgomery, Jarek McKinnon, Antonio Gibson the last time they played. And not only Antonio Gibson, but his teammate, J.D. McKissick, they both had over 17.5 receiving yards last time. Boston Scott, and then both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones did this most recent game on Monday Night Football. And then if you go back to the game with the L.A. Rams, Malcolm Brown did as well. And Daryl Henderson had one catch for 14 yards, so he was real super close to being on this list as well. So for the last five games, the G-Men have given up 17.5 receiving yards to at least one, if not two, running backs. And, and outside of Terry McLaren and sometimes Logan Thomas, who else are they going to overly involve in the passing game? I remember last year Scott Turner feeding a lot of uh, receiving work to Christian McCaffrey. Now McCaffrey did not have someone in the mix like J.D. McKissick is, but I still think there's enough to go around at the uh, running back position for my man, Mr. Antonio Gibson, and I will say th this might be your last opportunity to buy him in Dynasty. His value is only going to continue to go up, and if you can maybe get a move on him in your seasonal leagues, I would recommend that as well. I see big things for years to come. All right, moving on to prop number two. Number two, I am talking Stefan Diggs over 70 and a half receiving yards. That's 70.5. 70 and a half receiving yards and this is a number that he's already beat in five of eight games this year and just just some other stats about my man Diggs. he is second in the league in total yardage with 695 yards he is on pace for a 1400 yard receiving season and i don't think we've seen the best of what this guy can do he is currently second in the league with 54 receptions, only behind DeAndre Hopkins. He leads the league in targets. He is first, first in the entire NFL in targets with 79. And he is also tied for fourth in the league with plays over 20-plus yards. How many plays of 20-plus yards does my man have? 10. 10. So he's averaging at least one 20-yard play per game. And now, 
let's look at who he's playing. He is playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and the game's at home. And I will get to some of that in a second. Seattle has given up 14 receivers 70 yards or more. In, in some cases, they've given up multiple games. I think in the Dallas game, three receivers had 70 or more. Seattle has given up eight 100-yard receiving games to wide receivers. And I mentioned the weather because because this game is in Buffalo. It's going to be 66 and sunny. No real wind, no precipitation, nothing that would really stop this game from being the shootout that Vegas projects it to be. The over and under in this game is 56 points. I feel like there's going to be more than enough receiving yards to go around. I smashed the over on Stefan Diggs over 70 and a half receiving yards. My last one that I've bet. Now, I'm, I'm always going to give you guys three that I've bet, and then I'm going to give you a handful of others that I at least had some curiosity about. So my final bet that I've actually made, this one right here surprised me because I'm not the biggest fan of this player, but I don't bet players. We bet numbers. And LaVisca Chenault is three and a half receiving, excuse me, three and a half receptions is the number. I like LaVisca over three and a half receptions. And here are some of the reasons why. His snap share has increased gradually over the last handful of games. He has been at 69 or more percentage of the team's plays in the last three games. Anytime that you're betting on, or and you can use this for fantasy football as well, you can go, all you, all, here's a little inside tip that I use. Google a player and snap count. So LaVisca Chenault snap count, Stephon Diggs snap count, whoever snap count. And one of the references is going to be football guys. You go to that and it will break it down in a horizontal fashion. It kind of looks like a spreadsheet and it will break it down horizontally about um, been involved in the game from a snap percentage. And it's, it's awesome. Um, one of my better research tools that I use when doing this show, the Dynasty War Zone, the Fabulous Big Bet, whatever I'm doing, that is a tremendous resource to me. So his snap share has been ascending. He's been 69 plus three weeks in a row. And that coincides with Chris Conley's snap share going down. He's coming off of a bye and he had a career high versus Houston. So this week's opponent, the Houston Texans, in week five, the Jags and Texans hooked up. LaVisca had a career high, seven catches for 79 yards. So why else do I like LaVisca this week? His new quarterback, Jake Luton, yes, I think it's Luton, might, might be Luton, Luton. I, I would like, I would feel much more comfortable if I knew the official pronunciation of the quarterback of the receiver that I'm wagering on, but I digress. LaVisca's ADOT average depth of target this season is 5.8 yards. Why is that important? What are you going to call as an offensive play or an offensive play caller, excuse me, if you've got a, a quarterback without a big arm in his first situation? You're going to try to keep everything, you know, short to intermediate. You know, they'll take the occasional shot downfield, I'm sure, with DJ Chark and Keelan Cole. But I really see in that, you know, those touch passes where the quarterback lines up in the shotgun and the wide receiver goes in motion. And they basically, it looks, if you've ever watched the game of volleyball, it looks like the quarterback's like setting the ball. If you know what setting in volleyball is, it looks like they're basically just setting the ball, but that counts as a reception. So I could see a couple of those to LaVisca. I wish it was touches. If this was three and a half touches on the game, I, I would make my biggest bet of the year. But it's receptions. It's a number he's only, he's only crossed a couple of times, but I, I just feel like this is a number that he can get to. He's been at three a bunch. So, if, you know, his, his average has been just over three. It's If you round, it rounds to four receptions a game. But then go back to Thursday night, Green Bay versus San Francisco. And what did San Francisco do at the end of the game? It's junk time. It's garbage time. So even if Houston gets up on these Jaguars early, I still see this, this coaching staff not giving up, running that two-minute offense, running the four-minute offense, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, keep the ball moving. And I think that benefits LaVisca Chennault over Three and a half receptions on the game. So my three that I like this week, I like Antonio Gibson over 17 and a half receiving yards. I like Stefan Diggs over 70 and a half receiving yards. And I like LaVisca Chenault over 
three and a half total receptions. A couple of others that I kicked tires on, I just couldn't pull the trigger on an actual wager, and I may. It's still early on Saturday afternoon as I am recording this. But here are some others that I looked, and I, I, I've i got a little interest. Josh Allen, over 33.5 rushing yards. Now, this is a number that he has done three times already this season, over 33. If you look at three historical comps on the season, Cam Newton rushed for 47 yards against the Seahawks. Dak rushed for 26 yards against the Seahawks. Ryan Fitzmagic rushed for 47 yards against the Seahawks. And Kyler Murray rushed for 67 yards against the Seahawks. Some of the other quarterbacks they've played have been more of those statuesque quarterbacks in the backfield, like Matt Ryan, like Jared Goff. Of course, those guys aren't going to get in that number. I think the two that I really like the most are really Cam Newton. And I don't know that Josh Allen is as mobile as Kyler Murray, but he's certainly mobile enough. So that was one that I looked at. I didn't bet, but it definitely piqued my interest. DJ Moore, 60, 60.5 receiving yards, 60.5 receiving yards. I mean, this is a number that he's done in five of eight games. This game's in Kansas City. So for what's what it's worth, in his four road games this year, he's went 65-plus in every one of them. He went 120, 93, 65, 93 in road games this year. This is a game where Carolina is a clear and prohibitive underdog, and they're going to have to pass. So that also led me to, he has another prop, which is one I like, because this one you get plus money. So for every dollar you bet, you get a dollar twenty-five back if he if he hits the number, and it's four and a half receptions for DJ Moore. But it's a number he's only hit twice this year. But conversely, he hit it eleven out of fifteen games last year. I just feel like in a game where the Kansas City, excuse me, the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by ten points, so Carolina is a ten-point dog. I liked it. My concern is Christian McCaffrey's coming back. So how much passing volume does he get? with McCaffrey coming back and Teddy as the quarterback. I mean, DJ Moore is in the top 10 in a lot of receiving categories this year. It still makes me incredibly nervous. So for that reason, I am not going to you know, actually fire on this. I may. I, I don't know. Um, but for now, it's one that I definitely liked. Another one, Brandon Cooks. Over four and a half reception. Brandon Cooks, since they fired Bill O'Brien on October 5th, has had three straight games with seven or more receptions. He went nine, seven, eight in his last three games without Bill O'Brien there as the offensive play caller slash GM slash head coach. And Brandon Cooks had his best game of the season against these same Jaguars. He had 12 targets for eight receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Don't you know it? He is in my DFS GPP lineup for tomorrow. He was a good price on FanDuel, so I threw him in there. Another one that I, I, I kind of uh, wanted to fire on, but I haven't yet. Teddy Bridgewater basically throwing an interception. The number is a half an interception over under. So either he throws none and that, that's the winner if you bet under, or if he throws one and you bet the over, you win that way. So half an interception. And you'll notice all these player props, guys, every single one is lands on a half. There will be no ties in player prop land. So that's what I've got for you for the week. Um, remember, we're going Gibson over 17.5, Diggs over 70.5, receiving yards on both of those, and then LaVisca over 3.5 receptions, and all of those bets were lay $1.12 on DraftKings. Uh, I think I'm going to go get down on this uh, Brandon Cooks one as well. For whatever reason, uh, I, I just feel and smell another shootout in Jacksonville tomorrow with the Texans and the Jaguars. So much like last week, stick around after you get done listening to the PropCast and check out my boys, Matty B and Dr. Kyle. Little technology issues here at my house, which prevented me from uploading the injury report slash FlexCast on Friday. I hope you enjoy it. Tagged on to the back of this one. But until next time, this is Memphis here at the People's PropCast. And remember, money won is twice as sweet as money earned. We'll see you next week with some more props. Good luck this weekend, everybody. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You my broke back, back is broken. What, a, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal.
Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the FlexCast. I'm your host, Maddie Big Chest, brought to you by Fiji Water and Matt Patricia Clown Shirts. Um, fire Matt Patricia. And I'm here with my co-host, board-certified doctor of physical therapy, Dr. Kyle. How are you doing? I feel very official right now. I didn't know that people knew that physical therapists were board certified doctors. We are. Uh, I'm good. I have a little bit of a stuffy nose, so I'm going to keep my talking and sniffing to a minimum. But this is this is your specialty, Maddie. So I'm I'm happy to be here. Hear what you got for the people this week, and uh, I'll chip in where I can. Not not a lot of injury takes for this show so much as just uh, spitballing on on who we like for our flexes this week. Yeah, man. And starting with some questions from some listeners, we have we have some juicy ones, man. These are some hard answers. These really are really hard to answer. So mm-hmm. the first one is one of the hardest ones for me. We have to pick between Damian Harris, DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor. Um, that for me seems like I go Damian Harris for the upside of a just a power run offense, you know. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, on I'm that? with you there. I'm with you there. Harris is coming. I think he's coming off of uh, back-to-back hundred-yard games. Bill Belichick has lost three or four games in a row in a, and now he goes to play the Jets, who are just atrocious across the board. I think he's going to step on the gas pedal in the run game and not take his feet off of it. Um, so yeah, Damian Harris for me. Yeah, I. That's really the only way I see it because DeAndre Swift is going against a tough run defense with the Vikings. And then Jonathan Taylor is going against the Ravens, which is also another good defense. So Damian Harris probably has the best matchup. Um, moving on. I feel to like the there's – uh, I was oh, just going to say up? there's question marks surrounding uh, running back usage in those other two backfields too. I feel like Damian Harris yeah. has a, a little bit more of a clearer role right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it's a New England backfield, so that could flip around, and then so uh, James White gets all the carries for some reason. But <laughs> Rex we, Burkhead, we- it's, it could be a Rex Burkhead week. Who knows? It's literally just a toss up. But we think Damian Harris is probably going to be the back to play. Um, and then we're moving on to a pair of wide receivers, which is a good, which are good wide receivers. They're uh, so someone's sitting pretty with a nice wide receiver four between Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's against the football giants and Justin Jefferson's going against my Detroit lions. What do you, what, I'm going to throw it to you first. What's, what's your thought oh, on this? I love McLaurin. Um, I'm, I'm, this is a good, this is a good problem to have folks. So sorry for stealing the time of some other folks who are having to deal, deal with some tougher sit starts, you know, I feel like the Giants, the football Giants, have done a good job against wide receiver ones, though I think McLaurin found pay dirt when they played a couple weeks ago. Um, So I think I lean – he didn't find pay dirt. He went seven for 74. I don't know on how many targets. But I think Justin Jefferson is is, – he's a baller right now, and – yeah, I'm 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 leaning Jefferson. How do you feel about that? I have to go the same way as you. I'm leaning Justin Jefferson as well. As an owner of both of these guys in many leagues, I'd rather start Justin Jefferson against the Detroit Lions. The G- Detroit Lions are very weak against crossing routes. Anything that can be manipulated, they're going to use uh, play action. With Dalvin Cook is going to be a big factor because as you, if you watched the Lions game this last week, which I unfortunately did. They sold out against the run, and they're going to do that again against Dalvin Cook. They're not going to let Dalvin Cook run wild. So it's going to be Irv Smith show. It's going to be the Justin Jefferson show, and maybe some Thielen in there, depending on who's covering Thielen. But, you know, Jamie Collins has really stepped up for the Lions defense. So I'd expect a big week from Justin Jefferson in general. I'd maybe say he's going to get a touchdown over over 100 yards. Um, so that's why I'd be going him over Terry McLaurin. Um, I'll, I'll make a prop bet with you to that. I'll take a shot on the next one if he doesn't do that. Um, and if we're, <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm wrong, on, if I'm wrong on any of these, I will take a shot. So that's for the listeners. Just, just to start that out there. Um, shot, my shot drunk. of the listener's yeah. choice. Yeah. No, I mean, oh I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm just a college student here. So it's going to be a shot of my choice. What I have in my pantry. Um, there you go. 
The next one is also a hard question, and there's two players on the same team, and it's pick two between John Brown, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. I'm going to throw this one to you again because I don't know my answer. Yeah, this one was tough too. There's, there's, and again, with any of these, there's probably different ways to play them. Uh, you know, well, I think uh, on one or two of these, we'll talk like, do you want the the safer range of outcomes or do you want the, the higher potential outcome? Uh, but this one, you know, it is a safe play like we talked about earlier before we got on the show. You could potentially go Claypool and Johnson and hope one hits or like Maddie mentioned, maybe Johnson hits in the first half, goes down, then Claypool hits in the second. But again, this Steelers team is favored by 14 against this Dallas team, who I don't even think we know the starting quarterback is yet. So I could see the pass offense being scripted out of this. So I would take Claypool as probably the healthier and you know, they're pretty dynamic, uh, or they, they like to get him the ball in creative ways. So I lean Brown and Claypool because, you know, and any piece of that Bill Seahawks game you can get, again, that's, you know, the over-under is set at 55. It's going to be in Buffalo this week, which, you know, I'm, you know, in New York, it's, it's 65 across the state right now. It's beautiful football weather. Um, so I just expect a lot from that Bill's offense as well as the Seahawks, but we're not talking about the Seahawks right now. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the safe play, if you don't need points, if you're not chasing, you go the Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson stack. Um, you're guaranteed to get production there. Um, unless Juju Smith-Schuster goes off and just decides to get 16 targets, but he won't. It's going to be – yeah, right? yeah, it's going to be one or the other. So if you need – if you're just looking for a safe play, I'd say Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. But if you don't want to go the two – I'd probably go John Brown and Deontay Johnson because when Deontay Johnson's in the lineup, he gets the targets. He had like absurd – like I think Chase Claypool when Deontay Johnson came back had like zero, almost zero fantasy points on his first game. He had like two. So yeah. I'd probably start Deontay Johnson and John Brown if you're looking for the safe play. But injury could happen like we've said. Deontay Johnson because he has a hand. Here's what you're getting with Deontay Johnson. Uh, He's played in six games this year. In three of them, he has three targets or less. In the other three, he has 10 targets or more. Exactly. He's Jekyll and Hyde there. You know, he's he's night and day difference when he's healthy, though. So a little voice crack there. But, you know, he's night and day difference. And if he's healthy, which he's banged up with a hamstring right now, maybe you go Claypool. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very hard. And moving on to our next one, which includes Deontay Johnson, pick one between Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson. I, I go Jefferson, I, yeah. Yeah, I'd go Jefferson as well. I think that's just an easy selection for me. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to the next one because we already touched on Jefferson. Pick one between Dobbins at Colts or Justin Jackson versus the Raiders. This is a tough one because the this really is. defense is legit. But yeah. Dobbins yeah. put up over 100 on the Steelers' defense. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, this is this is a tough one. I think I lean Jackson, but then they just had Pope break out. It's only going to be Dobbins and Edwards in the backfield there this week, right? Mm-hmm. Ingram is still out. Ingram's um, got to be out. There's no way he plays. Let's find that out. Let's let's talk about uh, let's go with the next one and then we'll go back to that one. Yeah, uh, the next one is actually a pretty easy one. This one's a slam dunk. I think it's pretty pretty simple. Pick one between Antonio Gibson versus the Giants and Fournette versus whatever Tampa Bay is playing. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Tampa Bay plays New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Gibson here run too. Defense. Yep. Yeah, Gibson's, Gibson. Gibson's dynamic. Gibson's very yep. dynamic. The way they use him, um, he had a, a long scamper. Yeah, th- he had a very long scamper where he was lined up basically at – he was lined up to the side with JD, JD in the backfield. So they're going to be using both of them effectively. So I, w- I would probably start Gibson. Um, this one comes from a Twitter follower. At Dirty – 1187 said pick one between and pick one for the rest of the season between <laughs> Jordan Wilkins, Matt Breda, Gus Edwards, Josh Kelly, LaVisca Chenault, Irv Smith, and Denzel Mims. That's a lot of names. Yeah. Uh, a lot of 
names that I don't love for this week. You know, my yeah. pick one for this week with uh, Miles Gaskin being out for the week and uh, Miami going to Arizona, I think I think the Dolphins are going to lean on the run game and, and also probably try and lean on the running backs in the pass game in a game where – you know, they're, the spread is four and a half right now, but if you listen to the Fabulous Big Bet, you might have heard what my Fabulous Big Bet of the week is. And I think I think Arizona will be uh, uh, running away with this one and, you know, pot- potentially some garbage time running back targets still, you know, the, the Cardinals are going to be throwing it all game long. Um, what are your thoughts there before we talk about the rest of the season? You know, I do like the Matt Breida pick. I think that he is the safest play there. Yeah. If you want to get frisky because, you know, Lamar Jackson is a mobile quarterback, they have to account for him. You could go Gus Edwards. But for the rest of the season, I'd probably say Irv Smith if you need a tight end or Denzel Mims if you need a wide receiver because I do like Denzel Mims a lot. And I think with him, when Jamison Crowder comes back, he's going to – I think he'll see even more production – because he's not going to get the, the number one corner. Um, right. So I I'd probably say if you're looking for a safe play this week, Irv Smith would be the safe play. But if you're looking for upside, I think it would be Gus Edwards uh, with that rushing attack. You know, he's, he's the he's the lead back right now with uh, Ingram out. And Dobbins showed out. Dobbins showed out, and he didn't start. Um, so you never know. With but Gus Edwards got a, a couple. T- I think he got a couple touchdowns. Um, so he's going to be the guy in the red. They were zone both relevant high. last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were both relevant last week. Um, but let's let's go. So going back to Dobbins at Colts or Jackson at Raiders, I think I lead Jackson. I think he's got the the clear path to more volume. Um, and I think this Colts defense is the Colts defense is now the healthiest it's been since probably week one or two getting Darius Leonard arguably the defensive MVP of the NFL back and uh let's not forget that the Steelers defense um suffered the loss of Devin Bush and he he I you know I don't know their stats offhand uh since he went down but I I could see the Colts presenting more of an issue for Dobbins than the Steelers. And, you know, last week, Justin Jackson had 17 rushing attempts and five targets. Like those are, those are, that's running back one volume right there. Um, So I would take the volume with Jackson this week, the guaranteed volume, as opposed to trying to hope Dobbins catches lightning in a bottle and average, you know, somewhere in six, six to eight yards per carry to, to get the, uh, the same, um, total yardage as uh, Jackson yeah. can get with his guaranteed volume. I agree. I have to agree with you there. The Raiders do not have defensive tackles. Um, they're playing defensive ends at D tackle basically. Um, so I would probably go Justin Jackson as well and see him get five yards per carry. Um, and then moving on, we have a uh, Thursday night football name in there that we're not going to include because this is literally right before kickoff. Wayne <laughs> at Gardner. the butter. Yeah, it's right at the buzzer. Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, or Tony Pollard. What's your? I know that you like uh, one of these Giants running backs, so I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, um, I think I'm leaning Gallman here. He got that red zone touchdown last week. You know, if I, he's back to back week, he's got ten ten rushing yards or ten rushing attempts and a touchdown. And uh, you know, he's also seen some volume in the passing game. I think Daniel Jones trusts him. I think he's, uh, you know, I like Deion Lewis. He's, you know, he's from upstate New York, where I'm from. Shout out to my younger brother, Casey. Got his ass whooped by Deion Lewis in high school. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I lean Wayne Gallman. I, you know, I love Tony Pollard, but we haven't seen anything from the Cowboys that leads us to believe he's getting more than, you know, five or six touches in the game, unless, you know, Zeke did pop up with the hamstring this week. So if all of a sudden Zeke is questionable or, you know, game time decision on Sunday for some reason, then you just smash Tony Pollard. Um, otherwise, yep. I got Gallman. What do you think there? I agree. Uh, watch Zeke's health. Smash Gallman. Gallman is, yeah. was a great running back at Clemson. Um, they drafted Barkley for – I didn't think they needed Barkley when they drafted him because they had Wayne Gallman. Which right. is a crazy take, but um, Wayne Gallman can handle the load. So, the next question is a hard one. This one's a doozy. 
We got yeah. pick one between Larry Fitzgerald at the Dolphins and Jordan Wilkins versus the Ravens. You want me to go first? I mean, I can touch on this one. I think upside play, you yeah. got to go Jordan Wilkins. This Agreed. is an ugly this is an ugly flex play. So, Jordan Wilkins is <laughs> Jordan Wilkins has to be your your start cuz Larry Fitz is getting zero points in so many games. He's a good wide receiver, yeah. man, but like they I'm, have I'm so looking at his offense. numbers right now and um so they the shootout against Seattle, he went, you know, Eight, eight for eight on his targets with 62 yards. He hasn't found the end zone this year. So outs, and outside of that eight for eight for 62 game, which, you know, that's a solid 14 points in PPR. That's it. That's his ceiling by far. We're looking at three, you know, three of four for 22, four of seven for 35, two of three for four, one, one of three, like, like the range of outcomes for Larry Fitzgerald is like likely, you know, three or four points to, eight points. Whereas mm-hmm. Wilkins, you know, perhaps he doesn't even see more than 10 snaps because we don't, don't really have a feel for what's going on in this Colts backfield right now. Um, but if Taylor really is nicked up and last week was what this backfield truly is, yeah, Jordan Wilkins could, uh, he could ball out this week. I swear to God, if Naheem Hines continues to backflip every time he scores a touchdown, I will pull all of my hair out. It makes me so angry watching that guy do backflips against my Detroit Lions defense because he <laughs> hosted us. So, you know, I think they're still trying to figure it out as well. I think they're going to go with a hot hand. Jordan Wilkins was a hot hand against Detroit as yeah. well as Naheem Hines in the receiving game. What's wrong with jo- Jonathan Taylor right now? Well, rookies are coming in with a, without a training camp, really. Yeah. Um, his vision is, okay, I'm going to hit this hole because this is the designed hole. And that's not what he needs to do. He needs to play more free and just look for the hole instead of trying to. And, just and I imagine there. pass protection for Phillip Rivers, probably the least mobile quarterback in the league, is playing a role in this too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that is it for our stardom or sitems. And now we're going to move to our starts of the week and our sits of the week, um, which is another segment of our flex cast. So I'm going to say my first name. It's Drew Locke at the Falcons. This is my start of the week for quarterback. He is going to light it up, I think, against his Falcons defense. He's been looking good. I think that the the Broncos are going to run away with this game. What What's your take on that? Do you think he's going to be a good start this week? I think he's a good start. I, I think this game, you know, Memphis uh, last night when we recorded for the big bet was talking about how, how the Falcons earned to be, you know, I think they're th- – four-point favorites this week as I uh yeah so right now they're they're four-point favorites at home against Denver Denver's coming mm-hmm. off against gutsy come from behind win against the Chargers who the Chargers have not been able to uh to close Finish. out any game this year yeah but the Falcons if you look at the, what the Falcons have done since they fired Dan Quinn they've actually been a pretty respectable team I'm not saying that it, it Drew Locke's a bad start I think Drew Locke is still a good start but uh, you know I don't hate the Falcons in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would take them giving up four points, but uh, I think I like them straight up. Uh, Drew Locke, his confidence is back. I think his shoulders as healthy, healthy as it's been all season. Uh, so, yeah, I love that start. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to let you talk about your start of the week for quarterback. Who Who is he? So I don't, I don't want to say he's a start of the week. He's definitely streamable. Mm-hmm. I have to start uh, our man uh, BDN – in in Chicago, uh, Nick Foles against Tennessee. We know that Tennessee's defense is atrocious. You know, the, the one caveat here is, I guess, the I think the Bears' offensive line is a little banged up. However, the Titans have not been able to rush the passer. They, they couldn't get pressure on Joe Burrow with uh, his second-string, second third-string offensive line last week. And um, this game's in Tennessee. It's going to be beautiful weather. Allen Robinson, I believe, is healthy. Anthony Miller is healthy. Darnell Mooney is healthy. Uh, I, I actually I like the Bears in this game because uh, you know I'll let you talk about you know Tannehill for uh, for your sets, yeah. but I think I think that Bears defense is going to give that Tennessee Titans offensive line a fit this week, and we're going to see. Uh, I don't know. And segueing we'll right in, segueing right into my sit of the week. This is my top sit of the week. Ryan Tannehill at the Bears. You just said it, man. They're without Taylor Lewan. 
What's Khalil Mack going to do? He's going to play on the left side. They're going to have to double him. That means Akeem Hicks is going to be pressuring in the middle. Tannehill doesn't do so well when there's pressure in his face. He was very well protected with Taylor Lewan. So I think that Tannehill against his Bears defense is not going to perform that well. So I would I would temper your expectations. If you have someone like Kyle Allen, I would probably play him over Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You know, if, but if you're stuck playing Tannehill, you, you're I mean, you, it is what it is. So but yeah, I mean, we all we, we all have those weeks where we look at our roster and we're like, well, could be a shit sandwich this week. Just like week eight. Um, and moving to you, I'm going to throw it to you. Who is your sit of the week at quarterback? Oh, man, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> Throwing you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, you know, I'm going to take one of yours from your show sheet, Matt. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. Yeah. I think this this Colts-Ravens game, I think it's going to be a bit of a slugfest. Um, I think they're both going to be – I think we're going to see a lot of – a lot of missed third down conversions in this game. So, you know, obviously nobody's probably ever sitting Lamar Jackson, especially in super flex, but, you know, cause he could always break one off for 70, but Phil Rivers, he's, you know, he's a shell of himself from years past. So mm-hmm. any of the guys that we suggested starting, start him over Philip Rivers. If you have to. Yeah. And I just touched on him, but my next start of the week is Kyle Allen versus the giants. This is a bad Giants pass defense, maybe a good run defense, but not the best pass defense. So I could see Kyle Allen going for 250 yards plus um, and a touchdown. You know, that would give you good fantasy production for a bye week when you have Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, um, and other big names on bye. So I think that Kyle Allen is a great quarterback three because he's so cheap that in he went. He went 31 of 42 for 280, two touchdowns and an interception uh, against the Giants two weeks ago. He did lose yeah. a fumble. Yeah. So he had two turnovers and two touchdowns. He had good fantasy production there. That's a good yeah. fantasy game from your quarterback. That's what you need in your super flex spot. Kyle Allen could be that for you. Um, don't don't need those real life W's. No. Just the fantasy they, W's. Just a fan, as a Lions fan, I have to say I agree. Um it's all about fantasy football now for us. And I'm going to put it back to you, put you on the spot. Who would you start this week at quarterback? Who's your second one? Uh, give me Derek Carr against the Chargers. I like that. Like we talked about, you know, like what games – every quarterback has looked good against the Chargers, I think, so far. Yep. The Chargers defense has let up so much. Like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they all came back. Expect and they just traded King. They just traded yeah. their, their top quarterback, King, to uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, mm-hmm. So He won't be playing this week. but um, Right. He, he, like, but Carr lighted up, I think, against the Chargers. Expect nice play from Hunter Renfro. Expect nice play from Henry Ruggs. Those are some guys that I'm flexing this week. Mm-hmm. Let's go get those Raiders in there. Um, and then my next sit of the week is Teddy Two Gloves at the Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs defense has vastly improved this year. Uh, yes. you, have to, you have to account for Chris Jones. He's the second best interior defensive lineman in the NFL. He's, he's getting to the point where I'm putting him as like, 1A, Aaron Donald, 1B, Chris Jones, because of how disruptive he is. He makes people move out of the pocket, and Teddy's not going to have time in the pocket against like the likes of uh, Frank Clark and uh, Chris Jones. So I, I'm going to sit Teddy Tuglas if I can. Yeah. He, he got what off you- to a hot start, but uh-huh. he, hasn't, he hasn't been – that hot the past few weeks and he got, you know, he left that game last week with a, a neck injury. Um, we don't know the severity or we don't know the lingering effects of that. You know, he's, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to play. He's, I don't think he's on the injury report, but that doesn't mean he won't be a little gun shy or, you know, whatever the uh, immeasurables are there. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the next one. Because this is kind of just an easy one to say. Justin Herbert versus the Raiders. Raiders defense is porous. Raiders defense is lacking cornerbacks. Raiders defense is not that good. Herbert's probably going to throw 300 to 400 yards and three to four touchdowns. 
they're going to be in a they're going to be in a shootout. I think the Raiders versus Chargers is going to be a shootout. Expect both quarterbacks to be starts this week. Um, it's going to be just the offensive matchup. So, what what is your what are your takes on the the Raiders versus the Chargers? We already talked about Justin Jackson. We already talked about Derek Carr. What do you think about the Chargers offense in the passing game? Oh, grab it all up. I mean, Jalen Guyton's been relevant, so mm-hmm. don't don't be afraid just to guy. <laughs> just a guy standing here in front of a girl. I kid. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm. I don't know if I smashed that over 51 and a half. I got to check my uh, my open bets on my bookie, but I might be going after that one. Yeah, it's a juicy matchup for both teams. Both offenses are going to do well, I think. Um, yeah. And then my, I think is my last sit of the week is Cam Newton at the Jets. Cam Newton's been a shell of himself. Cam Newton's not recovered from his injuries well. He's had shoulder injuries. He has had back injuries. Um, that is lingering for for uh, quarterbacks. So I don't think Cam Newton's going to have a good game against the Jets. That's why we touched on Damian Harris earlier having a good game because it's going to be a ground and pound. I I see Damian Harris having a good game, not Cam. Yes, agree one hundred percent. Yeah, so that's it for our quarterbacks. And now we're going to move to our running backs quickly. Um, we already touched on him. Antonio Gibson versus the Giants is my start of the week. Um, and then I'm going to throw it to you for this next one. It's Chase Edmonds versus the Dolphins. Tell me what you think about Chase Edmonds. He's my boy. Chase Edmonds is Pac-Man. Waka, 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 greater than Kenyon Drake. Um, he just – he. He protects well for Kyler, so he he's not coming off the field against the Dolphins. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong; the Dolphins' defense, I think, is sneaky good, or or maybe we they're not sneaky good. Like if you just look they're at the stats, good. they're good. They're very good. Um, but as far as you know, fantasy, like these are not the Dolphins of the past. So we have to adjust our biases as quickly as we can. Not easy to do because they're you know our simple. We mm-hmm. we got these simple brains up here sometimes, um, but yeah, I really like Chase Edmonds. We're used to the Dolphins Tannehill era where he's just out for eight <laughs> to ten games of the year, and then he plays like amazing in two games. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's a different Dolphins look. It's going to be. Yeah. I don't think Tua's going to have the best game against Arizona. He's going to have Patrick Peterson, um, Buda Baker. Uh, there's Isaiah Simmons now, and that that Cardinals defense is starting to blossom. So I would not yeah. see. Tua having a good game. I'm going to put Tua in my sits of the week. I'm not going to start Tua if I have him. I'm going to wait and see for Tua. Um, yeah. But moving on, we have – I like Chase Edmonds a lot too. They need to use him. Kyler Murray's a running quarterback, so he's going to open lanes for Chase. Uh, David Johnson at the Jaguars. David Johnson is the start of the week for me. He's The Jaguars are going to be playing who at quarterback? I don't know. Jake Luden, I think his name is. Jake Jake. Give me the mutton lutton. Yeah. So David Jake, Johnson. Jake good for nothing lutton. There we go. That, that's a good one. That's a good one, Kyle. I like that. That's that should be a shirt. Um, <laughs> David Johnson at the Jaguars is. I think he's going to have a good game. I see them controlling the clock using David Johnson. Um, he looks good this year, man. He's he's had a little resurgence. Um, he's not so slow like we thought he was when he took that Arizona. Uh, catch for he looked so slow in that Arizona game um but he's not that slow anymore he looks pretty good um I I take him in the I take him in a matchup if you're looking for a flex play David Johnson could be your RB2 or a flex love it um David Montgomery next at the Titans Titans defense has been not that great it's been suspect I don't like David Montgomery a lot but he could be a good flex play for you this week I think that he has the the potential to like Nick Foles has not been the best quarterback so I think they're going to use the run game a lot more um, against the Tennessee Titans because they're going to have the ball more because I I I don't see Ryan Tannehill having a great game like I said earlier so they're going to try to control the clock they're going to try to run it like the Titans do Um, clear path to volume yeah exactly here, what, what here you want to hear an interesting, interesting stat here from Montgomery. In the past five games, he's got at least five targets in the passing game, and at least yep. uh, ten rushing attempts. Give me, give me David Montgomery. Then he could put up flex numbers for you if you need him easily. Um, and then I'm going to let you talk about the next guy. He he has the initials PL. He's going against Atlanta. Let me know about him. 
Phil, Philip Lindsay is my boy. Um, yeah, Philip Lindsay has looked like, uh, you know, a, a very efficient runner like he has in his entire NFL career right now. And this uh, Atlanta D has not been great against the run. So, you know, he's not being involved in the passing game quite as much as Melvin Gordon, but I believe he had four targets, three or four targets last week. And so if you can get three or four targets and, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 15 attempt range in a game that we talked about, this could have a high over under. So both running backs could eat. And for a flex, you want that, uh, you know, that, that 12 to 15 touch floor with the potential for breaking a big one off or a shootout. Yeah. Ever since his rookie season, he hasn't looked the same. But this year, he's had a little resurgence, and I like Philip Lindsay as well. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look for some Philip Lindsay on the waiver wires and maybe add him and uh, get him in the flex spot. And then that's our, that's it for our running back starts. We we have three names on the running back sit list, and it's Todd Gurley at the Bron- uh versus the Broncos. It's not a great game for Todd Gurley, I think, this week. Um, the Broncos' run defense has been pretty good this year. I don't think he's going to have the touchdown like he did against the Detroit Lions where he fell into the end zone and gave them the game. Um, so I'd be sitting Todd Gurley. I'd be nervous about him. Um, do you do you agree with that, or am I crazy? No, I, I'm with you. He's, uh, you know, he's a very touchdown-dependent guy in fantasy this year because he's, you know, he's not – he only had 46 rushing yards last week, 63 the, the week before, 47 before that. His target share, he's, you know – Three, four, zero, five, one, two, zero. He's not being leaned on in the passing game like he has in the past. And again, this, you know, this Broncos defense. And then, you know, I think he took himself out of the game last week against Carolina. And uh, Brian Hill, you know, I hate to say it because I just, not, well, I hate to say this, but I traded for Todd Gurley in uh, my my home keeper league. Oh, you know, I, got, I got I got him for great value, um, but I just I have questions about his durability at this point. Um, did you listen so, to Jerry on that one? Jerry said on the oh. Dynasty War to buy Todd Gurley if you're a contender for a late first. Um, that one could backfire on you. But uh, my next set of the week is Jonathan Taylor versus the Ravens. We talked about this already. Naheem backflipping Hines, man. Uh, you know, the Ravens defense is good. I, I wouldn't be starting Jonathan Taylor this week. I'd be looking for a different option if you can. But if yeah. you start playing – Cool. Like it's Jonathan Taylor. He could easily have a good game. Like we yeah. never know with Jonathan Taylor right now. We're waiting for him to show some consistency before we start to play him. So that's that's my take on Jonathan Taylor. Um and then the next one is Ezekiel Elliott versus the Steelers. Ezekiel Elliott showed up on the injury report and he's playing the Steelers, which is like the number one defense in the NFL by Dupree, TJ Watt. Uh both great outside linebackers are gonna shut down the outside zones. He's not going to have, I think, any screen production. I mean, it's Cooper Rush at quarterback. I met Cooper Rush at a party once. That was pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, uh, just throw that in there. He's very redhead. Um, So we'll we'll see if Cooper Rush can do anything effective, but I I doubt it, man. He looked – he was a really good high school quarterback, I'll tell you that. But um, that's why he's in the NFL. So I'm sitting Zeke this week where I have him. I'm sitting him for a game. And, and Zeke hasn't been great most of the season. And, like, look, I know there we have small sample sizes with guys in the NFL who are playing after COVID, but Zeke tested positive. Um, we don't know what these elite athletes, uh, the repercussions of the, the the COVID, the vid, is having on these guys. Um, you know, I Memphis and I did touch on it with Cam. You know, Cam had issues potentially before that. And then, you know, uh, one of the other podcasts I was listening to, like unrelated to COVID, but they think that Sam Darnold has not looked the same since he got mono early last year. They thought he looked Dude, good. It's, I had he's mono, a year removed from that. I had mono and I was hospitalized for it, similar to what Darnold was. Um, I it, it it can really affect your body. It affects your immune system. My immune system has not been the same since it, since I had it. So maybe it's just his immune system that's throwing him off, and he's still waiting to get healthy from it. But I, I think Sam Darnold's looked okay this year. I think he's been – I think he's a trade target for dynasty leagues because he's not going to be in New York next year. He's going to be in probably San Francisco or another team that can't draft a quarterback because they're going to be picking too high. So look for him to move to a new team um, and buy him in, in a dynasty super flex league for cheap. 
So yeah. that's it for our running backs, man. We have one more position to hit because we're not touching on the tight ends. We're going to wide receiver. My start of the week. Dumpster fire. Tight end is so bad, dude. I can't give you streaming options. That's a Joshua Dysinger. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Big Dog. Um, he's a great, great tight end ranker. Um, but my start of the week, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. He's going to have two touchdowns and like 150 yards against the Minnesota Vikings because that's what he does against the Minnesota Vikings. He's consistently scored against the Minnesota Vikings, and he's going to do it again because the Vikings don't have the best defense. No, I, I love that. I uh, It's funny. I had Marvin Jones. I think I don't know which podcast I talked about it on, but I talked about how I was going to have Marvin Jones everywhere. I have him everywhere. Well, I had him everywhere. I think I have him half of everywhere now. Because uh, with bye weeks and injuries last week and his lack of production, I had to dump him in a couple places. And then, of course, Galladay gets injured and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, big big Jones fan this week. Fire away. Yeah. And uh, speaking about that game, we, we have Justin Jefferson as our start of the week as well. Um, he's not on the list, but he's one of my start of the weeks. He's going to have a good game against the Lions. Expect him to put up godly numbers again. He's having a great rookie season. He's on pace to break a thousand yards, which is huge for rookie wide receivers. A benchmark, if you can say, to show stardom. Um, so my next one after uh, Justin Jefferson is another rookie wide receiver, Jerry Judy. He's playing the Falcons. There's no Cortland Sutton. Drew Lock, I think, is my start of the week for quarterback. So who's going to be his receiving option? Probably his tight ends and Jerry Judy. So I see Jerry Judy having a nice game. I see him having over 50 yards and a touchdown. He's a good flex play. He's a good wide receiver three. You know, he probably is your wide receiver three if you have him and uh, need a flex. So 10 targets last week. 10 targets last week. Locke is looking healthy again. So maybe there's a a relationship building there, a rapport. Um, I like it. Yeah. And uh, moving on to our next one, Antonio Brown versus the Saints. Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown, man. This is a this is a risky call, but the blonde mustache strikes again. He's back in the NFL. He's what thirty four years old, thirty two, thirty three years old. He's a route runner. He's a route runner. He's not a speed guy. He's never been a speed guy. So Antonio Brown's going to be a slot. He's going to be in the slot with I think Chris Godwin if he's playing. Expect Antonio Brown to have good numbers against the Saints defense because Tom Brady loves him. You know he's going to have it. I think he's going to have a touchdown this week. Um, so, you know, that's going to be my last start of the week at wide receiver. So what do you think about Antonio Brown? Is that too risky for you? So I'm trying to, it's definitely risky. Um, but I wish I could see, so I'm on, uh, profootballreference.com and I can only see the, his year, his stats for the year last year, which, so I don't have the, the game breakdown. I, I'm wondering how many offensive snaps he played in that game last year. If I can find it before we, we close out, I will. But he had eight targets and four receptions for 56 yards and a touchdown in the only game he played for New England. So Tom Brady came out firing right away, you know, right before Antonio Brown got fired. Um, and I bet he probably didn't even play 25 snaps in that game. So you're not going to need to see him on the field a lot for him to, you know, uh, be fantasy relevant. He might be crazy in the head, but he's a crazy good football player still. So I'd be starting him just because of his route running ability. He's going to be getting open in zone coverages against the Saints. Uh, What really killed the Saints against the Lions was slants. So, and uh, Texas routes. So expect over the middle passes to Antonio Brown. And speaking of over the middle passes, this is your wide receiver start of the week at the flex, and he's consistently on the flex cast. You talk about him because I'm tired of it. He ain't no Measley. He's Cole Beasley. The one and only. The Bills. Yeah. The Bills are playing this terrible Seattle Seahawks defense. Get as many pieces of this game as you can, and in DFS, get the cheap ones. Stack Josh, Josh Allen with him if you got to. Um, big fan of Cole Beasley this week. Yeah. And uh, now we have our sits. This is brought to you by Fire Matt Patricia and Viridian Global. Darius Slade is my number one sit of the week. He's playing the Washington Red, the Washington football team. Sorry, I had to correct myself there. The Washington football team's front seven has been amazing. The, wa- 
Matt, they're the, the Washington Red football team. They're way that color yeah. red. They're the Washington Red football team. I was going to say the Red Tails. Um, but uh, it's it's the Washington football team's front seven that gives me scares for playing Slayton because Daniel Jones is not good at facing pressure. He's not good at knowing when to get the rid of the ball either. He takes a lot of sacks. He fumbles a lot. So expect the Washington football team to have the ball a lot off of turnovers. So I And, think that- and he's inaccurate downfield, and that's how they use Slayton. Yeah. And, and – you know, Daniel Jones, a good quarterback, but he tries to do too much. That's what it is really with him. He needs to be more of a game manager than trying to force passes down the field. Uh, he should be using his legs a little more, uh, but that's just me. I'm not a big fan of Darius Slayton this week. And another wide receiver who's a big name that I'm not a fan of is DJ Chark. He's what, Who's passing to him again? Mike Luton? Mike Lutton? Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a sexy matchup. It's not a good matchup for him. Um, you know the Jaguars are going against the Arizona Cardinals defense, so that's Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker that we already said. So there's two good defensive backs, and Byron Murphy's starting to shut out as a defensive back as well. So I don't see DJ Chark having a good game. I don't I'm going to correct you that, Maddie. Chark Chark is playing the Texans, but uh, Texans oh, yeah. are. Coming off of a bye, uh, and I think the weather is supposed to be a bit trash, uh, like typical Florida thunderstorms. So keep an eye on that one mm-hmm. for the game in Jacksonville this week. But yeah, again, rookie quarterback. I think the I think the the Texans front seven is going to have their most productive game this year um, and make his welcoming party to the NFL memorable for the yep. wrong reasons. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. I think they're going to go back to Minshew pretty quick. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think Minshew's the best quarterback in that room. I don't know why they're benching him. Probably just out yeah. Of well, no, it's the it's he's got a thumb injury, so he came out last oh. week or two two weeks ago after the Chargers game because he was airmailing balls um, that he had been battling a thumb injury that he wasn't telling anybody about. I think since week two or three, because remember week one he went nineteen for twenty against the Colts and the Jaguars upset the Colts. Um, okay. And, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't hit his receivers. I, I don't know how you go from 95% accurate to, you know, missing all over the field and come to find out. So he's, he's not actually healthy this week. This um, is why so I, I imagine. Injury. Yeah. You, you, you get to talk about the injury stuff that I don't know about because I did not know that Gardner Minshew had a thumb injury. So thank you for telling board, me. Board certified over here. Exactly. So DJ Chark is a sit for me going on to my next one. Who's a hybrid player. Curtis Samuel versus the Chiefs. He's the sit for me as well. Um, Curtis Samuel had a great game this last week, but don't expect him to have another one. No, he's so streaky. He's inconsistent. I, I name him Mr. Inconsistent because he loves to get your hopes up, man. Like, that dude just plays so well, and then he goes off and puts a donut up. So, like, why would I want to start Curtis Samuel this week when there's DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson on that team? And it's not like they're going to have a lot of passing volume. So, I – oh, man. If – Christian McCaffrey's not returning this week, right? Or is he? No, I think, I think McCaffrey's going to be back this week. So, McCaffrey's going to – like, McCaffrey's the backfield. So, it's going to be no more Curtis Samuel uh, rushing yards most likely. So, you're not going to see him lining up in the backfield as much. Um, and then the next name, who's also a speedster, Marquise Brown and other wide receivers – not named Andrews. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, if Marquise Brown, the talent, he's got all the talent. He's got the speed. He's got the route running ability. He's got the hands. Uh, he just doesn't have a quarterback with the accuracy and um, rhythm yet. So, you know, if yeah, yeah, sit him. He, he's a buy in Dynasty if you think that Lamar Jackson can take steps forward in his uh, his his passing game. But yeah, I mean, even even Andrews, like Andrews, isn't even a slam dunk at this point. So no, he's not. But because he's going to have Darius Leonard as well, who's getting healthier. Um, right. But let me tell you, Lamar Jackson just went as the quarterback eight in a midseason startup draft that I'm running. The quarterback Whoa. eight. He went what? in the back of the the first round. There was so many quarterbacks in the first. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert went before him, and then Deshaun Watson went before him as well. And then there was Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. 
So wow. He went very late. So he's a buy in dynasty leagues, in my opinion, for Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, like you said. So it's it's just kind of crazy to see the quarterback two bust so hard that he's fallen to the quarterback eight. Um, and, you know, it's the Colts defense. The Colts defense looked really good against the Detroit Lions passing attack, who have looked who, who they've had their their weeks this year, but they're not they're not consistent enough running Adrian Peterson on first and second down just to set Stafford up on third and thirteen. So, you know, it's it's been rough for the for them, and I think it's gonna be rough for Marquise Brown because Lamar Jackson is not gonna have the time to set up deep shots to Marquise Brown. It's just right. not gonna be. That. I think they're gonna have to run slants with him. I think he's gonna be solely used on slants and drags and yeah. you know. So we'll see. We'll see Marquise Brown. I'm I have to start him in a league because of bye weeks. But Me I too, wish I, I think here. Actually I think here's a, I think here well, all right. So I got my Antonio Brown stats up and I was right. So in that game it was against against Miami in week two last year. New England won forty three nothing. We saw Jarrett Stidham, I think, in the fourth quarter there. Uh, so the numbers are skewed. But Antonio Brown only played on twenty four snaps. That's thirty four percent of the offensive snaps, and he got eight targets, four receptions, fifty six yards, and a touchdown. Antonio Brown or Hollywood Brown this week PPR go and on the Antonio Brown. Antonio okay. Brown easy. I think Marquise Brown's matchup is way too. I think it's just this is there's going to be a well. shot on this one, Matt. There will be. This is there this will is, be. This is our shot bet. I'm going. I'm going to fleaflicker.com right now. Going mm-hmm. to my team, and I am swapping out Hollywood Brown bench, Antonio Brown wide receiver, save lineup. There you it know is. Tom's happening. Tom, you know Tom Brady's probably got him in his house. He kisses his kids on the lips. Good night. He probably kisses Antonio Brown on the lips. Good night. So look for Antonio Brown to have a good game. And with that, we're going to kiss you on the lips and say good night as well. So have a good night, everybody. It was a fun flex cast, and this is it. So have a good one, everybody. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands of monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football couple months back i joined the patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and i'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the patreon the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat